everybody. Welcome back to Driving Theology. This is Mike. And I have not. Ugh, this is not working. Uh, I've not posted in a while because uh, I've been off work. I have been going out to my place of uh, my, my classes on Wednesday because I had a couple weeks off. So this is my. Uh, First recording in a while, a uh, couple weeks. Sorry about the layoff. What was that? Oh, my water bottle tipping over. Uh, sorry about the layoff, but uh, yeah, I'm okay. Fine as can be, I guess, considering uh, that we are in Kahuncho season, which is uh, basically the pollen allergy season here in Japan. Well, everywhere in the northern hemisphere that has flowering trees and plants. Um, I do suffer from pollen allergies, like, like my mom. Um, but it is a nice day, it's super warm. It's, my car says it's 22 degrees outside. 22 is somewhere in the 70s. Uh, it feels a lot hotter than that, to tell you the truth. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a nice day today. And we are in the month of April. I believe today is, what day is it? April something. April something something. Let me get my phone and my charger and I'll let you know. April 13th. Yeah. And a lot's been going on. You know, the, the war in Ukraine uh, is still like the last month or two, dominating the news, <coughs> at least here in Japan. Uh, more and more things are coming out. You know, in this day and age of uh, uh, instant information and uh, live video feeds from just about anybody who wants to do it, uh, we get a lot of information fast. Um, processing that information is the hard part, um, figuring out you know, interpreting it, figuring out what it means. Um, sorry, my little plug in there. Figuring out what it means and what is true, and you know, um, trying to trying to figure out the bias of the person who's either uploading or, or taking the video. Right. Uh, most people don't take a lot of that into account. They just see what they see. They interpret it the way that they would based on who they are, not realizing that other people might interpret the same thing that they're seeing differently, right? Interpretation is, is real, it's a, it's a big deal, it's a, it's a real thing. Uh, you've heard me refer to it as a hermeneutic or a lens or a perspective or whatever you have, but being aware of that um, is really important to to being able to process all of this information, right? So being aware of your own bias and the possible bias of the person who's sending, uploading, whatever. Uh, being aware of all that is important to uh, really having, getting as close to the truth as possible. Uh, if you're not aware of all of the uh, bias, bias, biases, biases, biases that are involved, you won't get very close to uh, truth at all. 
actually important. No, I don't buy into the idea of relative truth. Uh, I don't. I don't believe that truth is relative. I do believe in absolute truth, um, but at the same time, I can see that it's not a hundred percent attainable by anyone uh, because we all have a perspective, and so what needs to happen is uh, a coming together of many perspectives, right? A sharing of information, a chewing on, a wrestling with, uh, and and this is something that the ancient Hebrews did with the uh, with the Torah, right, with the scriptures. Um, they had a they had a a tradition of not just taking things at face value, but really wrestling with them, right? Really, really talking them over, discussing, arguing, if you will. Now, probably, most likely, this was a only a male uh, activity where only men were allowed uh, to have opinions uh, on what the Torah was actually saying. Uh, we've come a long way since then, and I'm glad for it. Um, but <coughs> that that gives it that gives the wrestling that they did with Scripture a certain bias, right? Because they were, most of them were male, and so they had a, a certain perspective. Uh, and of course, they had a million different perspectives that they were coming from. Anyway, back to the war in Ukraine. Um, we are, we are getting information uh, from the Ukrainian side side of various uh, possible genocide. We have reports coming in, videos and, and uh, things from the ground, uh, as it were, of things that, that Russians are you know, allegedly doing uh, that would be considered against the Geneva, Geneva Convention or human decency or immoral or whatever, what have you, uh, such as murder and rape, uh, you know, uh, thievery and you know, all kinds of other things. And then we have the Russians claiming that it's all fake news, that this is all staged, that's not really what's happening. Uh, these, these are people who are lying to you, right? And so now, now we have this dilemma. Those of us who are just watching uh, on television or, or getting our information through, uh, you know, Facebook or, you know, internet news or whatever, what have you, we have a dilemma. We, we have all of this information. We have the, the accusations against the Russians coming in. And then we have also the accusation that that, that news is false, that it's fake news, right? And so, you know, me and my wife were talking. It's like, well, what are we to do? How, how do we know who to trust, right? How do we know who to trust? And I, I thought I'd talk a little bit about that. Um, there, I, I think there are some things that can help us get to a closer version of the truth. Uh, and I'm going to try to do this without even commenting on 
whether I think the Russians are doing what they're accused of or not. I think that's kind of secondary. I think we need, we all need uh, some some skills, right? Uh, we need a bag of a bag of tricks that we can open up when when such a dilemma comes up, when we have to really figure out when we get conflicting accounts of events we need to have a bag of tools that will help us navigate that and hopefully get to a uh, a better understanding a little disclaimer though I'm no expert on this and I haven't studied this and I haven't read up on this so anything I'm talking about right now is just brainstorming right that's all I'm doing I'm just gonna brainstorm this dilemma as I see it and try to brainstorm some ideas so what I really need is feedback right from your perspective from things that you've thought about um, okay so we're getting these conflicting accounts the first thing that I would that comes to my mind would be motive right um, can you ascertain the motive of the people who are bringing these accounts uh, who are making the accusations can you can you get as close as possible to understanding their motive and what that might be? Um, for example, you know if if you're if you're looking at Putin and he's saying that all of this is fake news, well, that uh, obviously that would be to his benefit to say so. So I don't think he's too deep in it. I don't think you can take his account right because it is obviously biased. His account is going to be uh, obviously subject to bias. It doesn't mean it's wrong, but it does mean that 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 coming just from him, uh, that cannot be considered a credible source. Right? We cannot consider that in and of itself a credible source of information, um, because obviously Putin has a lot to gain from other people believing what he's selling. Right? buying what he's selling, believing what he's saying. It's not that Putin's right or wrong, it's that Putin's too close, right? Uh, and then you have Ukrainians who are on the ground. Uh, they obviously have a pretty big stake in what's going on as well, right? They, they, their motivation would be to, to get whatever advantage they can for their country and their people. And it doesn't mean that what they're reporting is wrong. What it means is we have to take what they're saying as a grain of salt. Now you may say, well, then you're putting the Ukrainians and the Russians on an even keel here, and I, I don't want to do that. I, I do believe in my heart of hearts that Russia is the aggressor here, uh, and that they hold uh, the lion's share of responsibility for what they're doing. Uh, that's, that's just my personal feeling of what's going on here. Being an outsider and not an expert um, any more than anybody else who's watching this unfold on their television or on their computer screen or whatever. Uh, but that that just that seems to me to be the best way uh, to to get down to the truth is to not believe what people are saying. Completely, right? 
to, to, to be skeptical, to be suspicious, based on their closeness to the situation. All right, sometimes you're just too close to have a good perspective. And I would say that's probably close, uh, true for Putin, as well as uh, Ukrainians who are actually on the ground in the middle of the situation. It doesn't mean either, either one is wrong. What it means is we really need another source of information. So this is where news comes in, right? We have various news sources. Um, there is a great graphic, and I've seen a couple different versions of it, where you can take all of the, and I think it's mostly English world uh, news sources, but it puts all of these news sources on a graph. It graphs them uh, based on uh, liberal and conservative, and there's another, I can't remember the other axis. Uh, I can't remember the other axis right now. Uh, but basically, there are news sources out there that are known to be politically motivated. And strongly so, right? Strongly so. But there are some news sources uh, that, that are really uh, balanced and even and have shown themselves to be so uh, over years, right, over years of work. Uh, and I would suggest that when you read or listen to news, that you start perking your ears to opinions to be able to, to, be able to understand the direction that you think the the, the people reporting the news want you to go, right? Generally speaking, when you hear news on the television or when you read uh, the news in you know, newspapers, magazines, online or in print or whatever, uh, you can see where the writer is trying to get you to believe a certain thing, trying to get you to share the opinions of the person who is reporting the news. And this is bias, right? So they have a perspective. And what they're doing is trying to lead you to believe the same thing they do. And they do it very subtly and very artfully, right? Uh, some more so than others, right? Some are pretty blatant. Um, but there is a lot of deception used in reporting the news. And you really need to... You need to work on your chops. You need to you need to work on those skills to be able to see where bias, right, uh, is being fed to you, or where just clean hard facts are being fed to you. Now, figuring out what is a fact and what is not is also difficult. Noted, but generally news sources will give themselves away by the fact that they're trying to to get you to have the same opinion they have about certain things. This is where news has gone wrong, right? They don't trust you to make up your own mind. They think that they have to trick you into believing whatever they think is true. Uh, there's no trust of the reader or the listener or what, what, what have you. Uh, and I think those, it's not that you can't read those news sources and to some extent maybe even enjoy those news sources but what you can't do is take everything 
they have as as gospel. <laughs> I don't even use, I don't like to use that word, but that seems to be the word that we use today for absolute truth, right? The gospel truth. Um, you can't you can't take everything that these news sources have to say uh, as gospel truth. So I'm not going to talk about the news sources that I think are leaning left or right. I'm going to talk about some that I think are in the center, that I think are are probably trustworthy. These are news sources that would trust you to to make up your own mind. And not all of these are completely so, uh, but these are the news sources that I've found to be a little bit more reliable uh, and less biased. So we have two very obvious sources, the AP, right? Uh, AP stands for uh, Associated Press, that's what it is. AP's been around for a long time, and when you read their news, it, it's boring as heck. It's just so not fun to read, but man, it reads fast because they don't put a lot of fluff, and generally speaking, they get right down just to facts. They're just trying to report facts, right? Now, if you really wanted to get into this, you would find out who's funding the AP and whether or not they have a bias. Because yes, if you follow the money, uh, you will see sometimes that uh, bias has entered into places that you think it didn't, you, you thought it hadn't, right? <coughs> so if, if there is a, a source uh, that is funding funding this information through AP, then we also have to be suspicious. And I think we should, we should be somewhat skeptical of all news and all news sources, right? We should really weigh them and wrestle with them. And I think that's the best thing we can do and not just uh, accept whatever, you know, uh, whatever is said by our favorite news provider. Uh, so the AP, when you read Associated Press news, it's really really plain Jane, right? It's, it's just bland. Uh, and, and that's what I love about it, right? They're just giving you news. They're giving you facts. They're telling you what they believe happened. Uh, and that's it, right? They're, there's, they're not trying to give you an opinion or at least as little as possible. Now, yes, of course, depending on what facts they choose to report, uh, you could say, uh, that, 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 in and of itself will reveal that they have bias too. I don't claim the AP doesn't have any bias. Uh, what I claim is uh, that that they they are not artfully trying to lead you one way or the other. Right. The other one would be Reuters. Right. Reuters also seems to be uh, quite middle of the road, uh, just the facts, baby. You know, kind of news. I would say probably in that order, AP first and then Reuters. And, and I, you know, I would say probably 50 years ago, this is how all news would have been. It would have been, you know, they had some integrity. There was integrity behind the news. But news in today's world has gotten caught up in reality TV kind of, uh, what's, what's the word, um, sensationalism, right? If the news isn't sensational, then nobody's going to watch it is what they think right now. And so they believe that 
you know, we want things to be as juicy and as, you know, scandalous as possible. And they need us to watch the, you know, the, the news that way because that's how they, they pay for their own salaries, right? That's how they get uh, sponsors, right? So the more people that watch, uh, the, the better sponsors they can get and the more money those sponsors pay them, right? Uh, and that's another way you can tell about your news source. Who's, again, where's the money coming from? And on television, it's easy. You just have to watch the commercials. So, for example, if, I don't know, Procter & Gamble commercials come on during the news, dur during CNN news, then, you know, oh, okay, well, so Procter & Gamble has a lot to say about the news in that source, or potentially they do. So who is Procter & Gamble? Again, follow the money, and you can kind of uh, get an idea of you know, what bias may lie behind your news. Uh, so AP and Reuters, I find, are really good sources of news and the truth is all of the sensational news people tend to rely on those guys for facts and then they put their own bent on it they start interpreting those facts and that becomes their news uh, but I have a feeling that a the AP and Reuters is doing most of the legwork of all news and then other people are stealing their news stories and putting their own bent on uh, another news source, uh, and this is probably a more controversial one, uh, that I think is is fairly good, and most of it mostly because it's not located inside America. I would say the BBC is pretty good, right? They still seem to have some integrity left. They're, they're not only going for fantastical news stories. They seem to be really trying to uh, really trying to report the news as they see it, as it happens uh, with as many facts as possible. Um, so those three news sources are the ones that I would go to um, to really figure out what's going on so that I could have my own opinion about how to feel about that. Now the BBC, I would say, is less so than the other two, um, but the funny thing is the BBC is the most accessible. They have great apps, uh, you know, it's a, it's a free news source, so I get updates from the BBC all the time, and I have for probably five, five years. Uh, I don't get, I don't follow uh, CNN or Fox anymore, uh, because I find them uh, unreliable. find that they're trying to tell you how to, how to feel about whatever little facts that may seep into their stories. And they are too, too extreme. Both of them are too extreme. And there are many that are more extreme than they are. Um, so finding out the motive of the people who are reporting the news, the, the motives, right? What do they have to gain or benefit uh, from you believing how they believe? I think is a great, a great exercise, and I think probably we should all sit down and read an article from our favorite news source and just start highlighting. Okay, uh, you know, for example, use a, a yellow highlighter for 
opinion and a uh, you know red highlighter for fact uh, and and really start to try to figure out just how much of what they're telling you is fact and how much is is it telling you how to how to feel about that those facts um, now I will say that I don't find the world particularly good at critical thinking these days. I don't think we have been given the tools uh, to trust our own thoughts by and large. So I think we've got to exercise that muscle. I think at some point we need to have a course, uh, and maybe this is something that needs to happen. We need an online course uh, done by somebody who is really good at it to, to teach us how to think critic critically critically I can't say critically this morning um, that's something we all need to do but I think you can you can do it if you'll just really sit down and try to find opinions and facts and use those in fact I think I'm going to try to do that I think that would be a great thing to do one is opinion and one is fact right um, this is a really important thing today because you are being bombarded by, you know, hundreds maybe of sources of information and maybe even daily. There is so much information coming out uh, that it's, it's difficult to make sense of that. There's a lot of chaos, right? And so what critical thinking skills will do is, is they will help you to navigate the chaos and to find the order in that chaos, right? Because there are patterns that happen in the world. They're, they're really, the world is, has always been, you know, kind of the story of, of the world is this constant battle between order and chaos. Uh, that's the story of, uh, of my garden, of my house. You know, my yard is, is this constant battle between order and chaos. That's the, that's the story of the creation in Genesis. Um, that's that's the, the story of the relationship of God and man, right? Man tends to uh, continually uh, crave chaos. Somehow, we tend to go, go toward chaos. And the story of, of God's uh, intervention is trying to pull us back from chaos, back to order, right? Now, as Jordan Peterson points out, there can be uh, too much order in your life. There can be too much order. Uh, what order is to the extreme uh, is complete boredom and a lack of creativity. We need a little chaos, right? We need a little chaos to see potential, right? To be creative, to think outside the box, right? The box is order, outside the box is chaos. Uh, and so pretty much we've always been in, in a battle uh, of order against chaos, but order can also be a tyrant. Uh, and so th there, there does need to be some balance. 
but yeah, order to the extreme is is uh, it's not fun. Uh, it's not creative. It's not loving. Right. I think all of the good things in life happen on the border between order and chaos. Right. We need to we need to be safe, safely in order, but we need to be titillated, if you will, by chaos. Um, because in chaos again is where where possibility lies, right? That's where the, our creative sides flourish, and where artists tend to go wrong. Artists are the people who who are constantly living in chaos and finding order, right? And I think normal people are people who live in order uh, and, and sometimes play a little bit in chaos. So that's maybe a definition between an artist and non-artist, I don't know what, 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 what do we call a person who's not an artist. <laughs> of course, everybody has artistic tendencies. I think that's part of what makes us uh, to be in the uh, image of God, right? Um, not the only thing, one of the things. Uh, but I think people that we recognize as artists tend to live more on the chaotic side. And uh, not all of us, yeah, a lot of us like to live more in the order side. Man, I'm, I'm constantly in chaos, and I think I've talked about that uh, before, about how, you know, I tend to let things build up to a chaotic level and then have to, have to suddenly come in and work really hard to bring order to it slowly, uh, you know, it uh, atrophies, <laughs> it goes back. Uh, I'm not a terribly consistent person. And whether I'm an artist or not, I'll let other people say that. I, you know, I've studied the arts, and uh, I can be, I have, I have an artistic side, if that's what you're trying to say. Anyway, be that as it may. So, really what we have today in our news sources is editorial. What used to be called news is actually editorial. You know, there was a time when if you wanted to give your opinion, if, if, uh, if a, a person who usually reported the news wanted to just write an opinion piece, we called it editorial, and, and, and it was labeled so, and we knew what that was, but today, news is actually editorial, so getting actual news is very difficult, right, it's, you're going to have to work at it. I would look for this graph on the internet, though, that, that tells you about the, uh, the biases of uh, various news sources, and work from there. You know, use that as a, I, I find that to be incredibly helpful. Um, so yeah, um, now, now, let's look at the Bible, right? The Bible as a news source, uh, I think a lot of people have suggested that that's in some ways what it is. For example, the Gospels, 
we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and and there there is uh, an obvious bias to the people who are writing these sources because they believe in Jesus, right? They they are people, as far as we know, who believed that Jesus was was who we have come to believe he is today, right? Believe that he was uh, both God and man, right? That he was the Messiah of Israel, uh, that he was the Savior of the world, right? These are things that they believed, and then they wrote about it. Uh, so actually, when you when you read the Gospels, uh, you can also find the same kind of discrepancy between uh, opinion and fact, right? So what you can you can see what happened, but you can also sometimes ascertain what the writer thought about those things, right? Now, I think you can read the whole Bible this way to a certain extent, right? To a certain extent, and I think I think it's healthy to even be skeptical of the Bible. And the reason I say that is because most of us did not start with the text. We started with people's opinions of the text, and that drew us into the text. So people already told us how to feel about what we were, we were reading, right? Especially if you were raised in the church, you were, you were, you know, one of the first songs you learned was, Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so, right? So you were already told that the Bible, Jesus loves me because the Bible said it. Therefore, the Bible must be trustworthy because Jesus does love me. And so, you know, that's kind of a backdoor way. That's a biased way of getting you to believe in the Bible before you can even read it. Because everybody wants to be loved, right? We learn the word love pretty early on. And so that song is, if you want me to be crass about it, I'm not saying the song's bad, but let's just be honest, it's a little bit of propaganda. It's propaganda to get you to believe that the Bible is true, right? Uh, from a very early age. Now, I want to preface this by saying I believe the Bible is true in a certain way. <laughs> I believe the Bible contains truth, and I, I believe the Bible is true. I don't believe it's true in the way that many evangelical Christians think it's true, but I believe the Bible is true, that it that it it says correctly what it's there to say. Where I differ is what the Bible is saying. I, I, I don't think the Bible uh, claims to say what people, some people think it says. Okay. Just get that out of there. I still think it's it's good to be be skeptical when you read the Bible. I think skepticism is healthy. I think you know learning to, to think critically and to to read with an eye toward you know what seems to be fact, what seems to be opinion, what seems to be perspective, what's hermeneutic, uh, where the biases. All of those things are I think are still a good way to read everything not only read everything, but, you know, everything we listen to. I think we can be critical in that, in that way. Now, there are times when you want to put that aside. There are times when you want to lay that down so that you can see the beauty in Scripture, that you can, so you can understand the heart of the reader. 
where you can be drawn into the artistry that is the Bible. I think that's still a good thing, but I, I don't think you have to read it uh, as if it is a 100% factual account of everything. And that's called a flat reading of Scripture. A flat reading of Scripture has caused a lot of harm in the world. A lot of harm. And I don't even think that's disputable. Um, you know, when <coughs> when you read that uh, God has made us a holy priesthood, for example. God has made us a holy priesthood. We are His holy people. We are we are his, you know, his his slaves. And then you read, vengeance is mine, says the Lord, right? And then you read that, that God re was reported to have commanded genocide in the Old Testament uh, to such and such non-believer people. Well, then you can make the strike. Well, then, God today is telling us that we should kill all the people that don't believe in him, Right? This is what happens when you read scripture in a flat way. Now that's a, yes, that's a simplistic version of it, to be sure. But you can't tell me it hasn't happened. Um, it happens, right? It happens. A flat reading of scripture has given license to lots of atrocities down through the year. Now I'm not one of these people that says that it's been the worst thing that's happened to the to the earth. I think I think that's ridiculous. I think people can be bad all on their own without needing scripture. But I do think that they used scripture oftentimes to justify what they were doing. I don't I don't think scripture's at fault. I think the the way that people read scripture and the way that people manipulate scripture is at fault. But down deep, it's the it's the evil inside people's hearts that have caused the Bible to be read in a certain way. I don't believe the Bible or the writers of the Bible are are directly responsible for the way people read the Bible. I think that's crazy. Uh, but I do think that if you read the Bible in a flat way, uh, you are going to use it to justify all kinds of stuff. You know, I see people justifying that, you know, Jesus overturned tables in the temple, therefore I can be angry. Jesus was angry, I can be angry. You know, anger is sometimes good because Jesus got angry. You know, this is how people look at the Bible. They, they really try to use the Bible to justify their own actions. And it's, it's a crazy way to read the Bible. You know, we should, we should be reading the Bible critically to get out of the Bible the information that the writers actually want us to learn. And that's just on a that's on a semi-flat level. I'm not talking about that uh, as a believer. You know, I'm talking about as as literature. Perhaps we can read in this way. Now, as as a believer, I think we have another layer, and that is to to read everything through the hermeneutic of Christ, to use Christ as our lens. Um, and I think actually you can use Christ as your lens to read everything every day. You know, for example, uh, when when we when we hear the news about what's happening in Ukraine, no matter what you believe, uh, you know, there's bad things that are happening, possibly on both sides, right? Uh, 
until we figure out exactly, you know, maybe we get some his historical view on these actions, we may not know exactly what happened. But, you know, if you want to look at these events through the lens of Christ, you say, wow, people are suffering, right? There's suffering that happened. People are angry. People are broken inside. Uh, there's a lot of, of uh, hurting relationships between people that on some level should be brothers, but but they are killing each other. Um, there's brokenness there. How do, what does Christ have to say about that? Uh, and Christ, you know, Christ says, for example, this. He says, come to me, you who have heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. You know, the, these people are carrying burdens. They're carrying a lot of, a lot of hurt feelings, a lot of bad history. It's a burden that they're carrying. Jesus says, you know, give that to me, turn that over to me, give me that burden to carry, and I will give you rest. This is, this is reading these events through, um, I think, a Christ hermeneutic, right, using Christ as the lens. Um, and you can also see what Jesus would be saying to these people. He would be saying, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, right? This is how you defeat your enemy. You love them. And how, how does that work? You know, I've, I've thought about this often because some people will say you love their enemy because that makes them even madder. The worst thing they could do is, you know, the worst thing you could do is love them. And I think that's crazy. I don't, I don't think Jesus wants us to love our enemies so that we can hurt them even worse than they're hurting now, make them hate us even more than they're hating us now. I think the reason Jesus says love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, because in doing so, they stop being your enemy. When you love your enemy, they're no longer your enemy. You have stopped the war, at least from your side, right? You, you, have, you, you now realize that these people who are doing perhaps, you know, perhaps bad things to you, that, that you can love them, that you can forgive them. And in doing so, they're no longer your enemies. Th that's what happens when you love your enemy. It's not about, you know, it's, it's not about making them worse, even though I know there's another scripture that says, in so doing, you, you heap burning coals on their head. I, I get that. Um, but I still think the true, Je the true Jesus hermeneutic is that when you love somebody, by definition, they're no longer your enemy. This is looking through all of this conflict through the, the hermeneutic of Jesus as well. You know? um, when you also have, you know, if, a, if, a, if a, someone asks you to go with them one mile, go with them two. Uh, that, that's, another, that's another indication of how to handle an oppressive force, you know. Defeat them through enemy, but the def uh, through through love, right, and through uh, submission. In a sense, you defeat them because not because you change anything about them necessarily right away, but you 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 make them no longer an enemy, right? You you have become their advocate, in a sense. It doesn't mean you condone the things you do. What it means is you have an understanding. The understanding of Christ that says people are broken. Broken people break people, and somebody broke them. And it's it's not 
altogether their fault. Um, and so, you know, the, the Jesus hermeneutic, the way we can look into the world, I think helps in all kinds of ways. And I've got to get to work. I'm going to have to leave it right there. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. <laughs>